Hey everybody, it's Tanner P. McAdoo. Welcome to the Ridiculous Ubiquitous Podcast, a show where we casually observe all the crazy stuff going on. Take a look around. You'll see what we're talking about. It's a climb world, miss. It's often said that we are living in the age of information. In fact, there's an idea that our ability to exchange ideas in mass at never-before-dreamed-of rates is singular, unparalleled in its era-defining power. And this idea seems to be proving itself more valid as the collective global culture, what some would be pleased to call a metaculture, unifies in willingness to incorporate virtual spaces into as many parts of daily life as possible. As what can be created or replicated in digital spaces becomes more and more nuanced, plugging into digital virtual spaces has become a very real means of escape for nearly everyone. As a result, the obvious question, should this be done, has been wrestled with. The language around this discussion usually sounds like this. Into what are we plugging our minds, our time, our very lives, and what are the ramifications for a single life, for humanity? Answers come from all over and are varied, though there once seemed to have been a consensus among reasonable adults that less time in Digiland was better. But those headlines were short-lived, as the rebranded Facebook Corporation not only ignored this consensus, it raised the ante with the introduction of the Metaverse. In its debuting ad campaign, Mark Zuckerberg engaged with virtual spaces in a home that only he and a small handful of others could afford in reality. But who needs reality anyway? The metaverse had arrived, and we all were now encouraged to rejoice in the fact that we too could live in a rotating mansion atop a seaside cliff and change unitards with a touch of a button. As Zuckerberg led us on this tour, it was hard to imagine anyone more suited for this space than he. He looked, moved, and spoke like a digital rendering of a real human being, But he certainly did not convey a genuine humanness. The overt message was that the metaverse was a real place with friends and fineries for all, but the subtext was also so glaring that it couldn't have been lost on the creators of this ad, or its intended audience. The physical is overrated. Humanity is evolving. The future is what we will make it. In here. Soon. It was creepy as hell. But I'm a materialist. Not in the sense that I don't believe in spirit, but rather in the way that you would call someone a masochist or a sandwichist. I have a strong predilection for the material of humanity. You might also say that I value the creator above creation. Apply that as liberally as you like, and it will be true on most accounts. Well, it's been a while since that ad campaign, and I still don't own a headset. My clothes are still made of cotton poly blends with holes in various places, and with a certain not-unpleasant smell that my dog and family can recognize. For that, I am glad. My universe is, for the time being, still made of coded complex proteins, not coded ones and zeros. But the digital universe is still plotting ahead. And now with the what and where seemingly established as a viable place to live, another frontier has emerged. The whom of the digital universe. As digital spaces become more engaging with the incorporation of artificial intelligence, 
a weighty question has jarred some would-be Digiverse enthusiasts. As they engage large language models in virtual conversation, some pretty plugged-in people have begun to ask, to whom, exactly, have I plugged into? Wow. Seriously? Yes. Some heavy hitters in the tech world are asking questions about the sentience of computer programs. Of course, as a child of the 80s and 90s, the context for this discussion, for me, begins with the imagery of a Harley-mounted Arnold Schwarzenegger spinning and firing a sawed-off lever-action shotgun with one hand, back from the future to save us. But we can start our contemplation in the present. That would be the obvious place. Yes, let's settle down here. But doesn't there seem to be a ready-made narrative in place for humanity to wrestle with and eventually accept the validity of the whomness of artificial intelligence? Again, I can't escape the conditioning context provided by films like AI, Her, and Ex Machina. Is there an already discovered truth just waiting for the right time for humanity to accept that neither humans, nor our pets, nor apes, nor dolphins, nor the most liberal extensions of personhood within the parameters of carbon-based life on Earth are sufficient to define the truth of all that is capable of existing as person. After all, nearly all major religions accept and perpetuate the personhood of non-human entities. In many cases, religious deities are strictly non-material beings. But wait, is it here where the line of thought has lost relevance? In the realm of what is generally defined as spiritual? Ah, wait, key word, interdimensional. There, now we're back squarely in the realm of scientific theory. There's a long and storied history of men and women of science taking inspiration and even dictation from intelligences which they consider to be from another dimension. Their names and their beliefs and their works of science are out there to be discovered if you have an interest. You might start with Galileo, work your way forward to Jack Parsons, founder of NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. It's also interesting to note the role science fiction has played in technological advancement. Arthur C. Clarke's storied relationship with NASA is a great way to contemplate art and reality's age-old duel for the rights to inspiration. But can we limit discussions around AI and the metaverse to the realm of only that which is strictly material and observable? We are talking about material machines dependent on programming and fueled by electricity generated by still primitive processes. Metal and plastic and electricity and ones and zeros, right? Nothing more, right? On the nature of reality, physicist, quantum mechanics pioneer, and Nobel Prize recipient Niels Bohr commented that the fact that religions through the ages have spoken in images, parables, and paradoxes means simply that there are no other ways of grasping the reality to which they refer. But that does not mean that it is not a genuine reality. And splitting this reality into an objective and subjective side won't get us very far. End quote. Is there a comparison to be made between the immaterial dynamics of religious life and digital life? I think the answer is yes, if only in that there can be no question of the importance in pondering the intent of the respective creators. Inspiration and motive aside, humanity certainly has sci-fi-like access to the digital frontier, and a growing number of us have the resources to spend more and more of our lives there. But should we? One clue in answering this philosophical question comes rising in my gut, as instinctively I hearken to the ancient and insightful words of Erg the caveman, 
who upon waking from a dream inside a dream, sat up from his rock and shouted, Erg! Well, thanks for hanging out. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe if you like it. And, as always, if you want to show how much you care, it's easy. Just share. This episode of Ridiculous Ubiquitous was brought to you in part by The Outskirts Podcast with Tanner and Friends. Hi friends, it's Tanner from The Outskirts Podcast. With temperatures hitting record highs all over the place, it may feel premature to remind you that Halloween is right around the corner. It is. And this is a call to all my experiencers out there. Here at The Outskirts Podcast with Tanner and Friends, we need your creepy stories. Seen a ghost? Yes, please. Smelt a ghost? Let's talk. Problems with the curse? Demon infestation? Strange voices in the night? We want to hear about it. You can be as anonymous as you wish. I'll even create a custom pseudonym for you if you like. Just please, email the show. Be a storyteller. You can do it! Just send a brief summary of your creepy story to outskirts at tannerandfriends.com to be featured in this year's Halloween special. We'll get right back to you. Thanks so much, friends. Cheers. Bigfoot, alien, shadow man, hat man, dog man, la la rona, stranger calls you home alone, a problems with the curse, burnt sage and made it worse. Oh my god, it's getting worse. <laughs> I can't take it anymore. Email outskirts at tannerandfriends.com and share your creepy story to be featured in this year's <laughs> annual Halloween episode. Cheers. Have you checked the children? <laughs> Thanks, Outskirts Podcast with Tanner and Friends.